1: Hey there, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Press Zone Montreal, right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Radio. Uh, We're a proud affiliate here at this podcast uh, of the Hockey Podcast Network, and so we're glad to have you here with us today. I am your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report, and I'm joined each and every week by our tremendous founder and editor-in-chief, president of Rocket Sports Media. Um, and if we can drag him in from within, from out with the crowds on the streets of Montreal celebrating the Habs win, he'll join us right now in the studio. And that is Rick Stevens. How are you today?
2: It was a late night. <laughs> Just been doing some uh, sweeping up here around the studio.
1: Really? Yeah. Lots of um, sweeping, confetti and sweeping
2: up. Yeah.
1: Bought oh. Wah, That's. Wah, wah, <laughs> uh, I'm tired. Sorry, I was up at like six this morning. For, all right. So
2: I'll, I'll go slow. I'm
1: a little slow on the uptake today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just thought you meant you had to sweep up because there's confetti. And well, that too. Yeah. Bottles of empty bottles all over the place and.
2: Well, um, yeah. Mike and Brian, they 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 like their um, you know their their micro, beers. Brews, micro yep. brews, Yeah. Yeah. IPAs and those kinds of things. I
1: think They left a f- few dozen. <laughs> bottles on the studio floor uh-huh Mm hmm. but uh no beard clippings yet
2: no well see that's the thing we except, all have except we, for you we, yeah we all have our, <laughs> our 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 part to play as uh-huh. far as uh the rituals and the superstitions and uh so as a team we decided the, the the male folks decided to grow beards and we yeah, were sorry, all sorry, I'm not in on that. Yeah, we were all in on that. And then um along the way when the when the Canadians were facing elimination, I shaved mine and uh, <gasps> they they won. Uh so I shaved again and, and every day and they have gone on a seven-game winning streak. They haven't lost since I shaved, so...
1: So they don't like you with facial hair. Apparently what not. what saying?
2: And, and Brian Beasy, um,
1: uh, uh, our fantasy sports
2: commissioner. commissioner, yeah, he's worn the same shirt mm. each game.
1: I bet he's ripe.
2: <laughs> he puts it in a yeah, glad bag afterwards.
1: That's appropriate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and keeps it outside, perhaps. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh my goodness! Well, um, it's playoffs.
2: It and, is, p- and it doesn't matter what sports. There's playoff traditions, rituals. It, it it's it's it goes from sport to sport to sport.
1: That's right. And uh, yes, we are in the uh, fully entrenched in the second round of the stanley cup playoffs but uh in basketball the nba same thing happening over there the second round is in full swing and the action really increases from game to game and this is where the contenders are are separated from the pretenders and to to give you some skin in the game DraftKings will be offering free to play pools every day of the basketball playoffs offering players a free shot at up to ten thousand dollars in total prizes That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. And the best part is that it's free to play. Uh, DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. You just download the DraftKings app, you go to pools, and you choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes.
2: All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and then track your results during the evening as you're watching the games.
1: Questions range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first.
2: DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience.
1: Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. Every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See draftkings.com for full details. And remember that promo code. It's THPN, stands for The Hockey Podcast Network. As I mentioned a few minutes ago, we are a proud affiliate, and that's just one of the perks you get from us being an affiliate with the fine folks at The Hockey Podcast Network, sponsored by DraftKings. Uh, So, Rick, yes, we have a tremendous show for you today. Of course, in our first segment, um, we've got a little bit of – News to talk about with the Montreal Canadiens, uh, making quick work of the Winnipeg Jets, sweeping them in the second round and becoming the first team to advance to the semifinal round of this Round of this year's Stanley Cup playoffs. So, we will talk about the last couple of games and how we've gotten to this point. Uh, We will also um, give you some news regarding the HAB's new ECHL affiliate, which is set to debut this fall. Uh, as well as uh, a little bit of prospect news for the Canadians as well. Before we transition over to our second segment for today, when we go around the AHL, where we've got lots of news for you there. Um, there has already been a new head coach hiring in the American League in this offseason. We'll give you all the scoop on that. And in addition to that, the AHL has uh, announced another slew of season award winners. We're gonna. There's at least four of those that we're going to... Uh, mentioned to you there uh someone we spoke about last week when patrick williams was our special guest uh on the show uh he's um actually got a contract renewal just after we got done the show last week so we'll give you a, a hint about that actually there's more uh new franchise information coming out of the west coast and uh the ahl just put out an announcement this week about what to expect next year uh, for divisions and for uh, new scheduling guidelines and things like that. Does it sound like business? Yes, it is business, um, but it's important business and it's interesting business. So you're not going to want to miss that. We've got lots to tell you about. Mm. But we're going to start with the Habs. Yes. Um, I remember three weeks ago, us talking about how the Habs were s- limping and stumbling into the playoffs. And then I remember us a week later talking about how they're done because after winning the first game against Toronto, they just looked horrific uh and were and were just, not doing anything. Carey Price was doing everything he could to give them opportunities and they weren't capitalizing. The defense in front of him looked terrible. Um, and then suddenly a week after that, we're talking about how they miraculously came back, won the, the final three games and ended up beating the Leafs and, and once again, sending the Leafs, uh, unceremoniously out of the playoffs after just the first round. Um, and we talked about how, oh, well, there's a whole new challenge facing the Winnipeg Jets. The Winnipeg Jets, who had swept Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisettle, and the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, this was going to be a new, new beast for the, for the Canadians to have to deal with. And they swept them? Mm-hmm. Is this real life? Like, what is happening? I feel like I'm in the twilight zone. <laughs> But it's happened <laughs> so many
2: unusual things have happened this past season yeah so why wouldn't why, not? why wouldn't the playoffs be completely upside down as well
1: well that's true it's like we're living in stranger things we're in the upside down and it does it feels upside down
2: so the Tronomy police were the chosen team the best team in in the the north division um, and and you know it wasn't even close um, and yet uh, they could not. Win that after going up three one in the series to Montreal couldn't finish it off, um, and then as you said uh, the the Winnipeg Jets who um, you know they were underdogs uh, in that series with Edmonton mm-hmm. um, and uh, knocked off Edmonton rather easily. Um, so it, you know where did, the Canadians um won the final three games of the the Leafs series they won four in a row against the Jets a seven game winning streak hasn't happened for uh, a number of years how did that happen and um you know many are going back uh, on the team and crediting a meeting uh, a play, uh, a, a team meeting um where uh, inspirational uh uh, speech was given, and um, and so you know, we heard from Mark Bergevin that uh, Dom Ducharme is such an excellent communicator. Uh, so he just gave this rousing speech to inspire his troops, and and they just turned everything around.
1: I doubt that that's the, it's a it has to be on a player.
2: Yeah, yeah, it didn't happen. It wasn't Dominic Ducharme. It was. Carey Price, it was Shea Weber, it was Corey Perry, and it was Eric Stahl. Well, those, that makes sense. Those four um, team leaders um, got up and um, and each had their own thing to say um, and uh, have turned uh, the season around, at least the playoffs around for the Canadians. Uh, they're working with each other, they're believing in each other, and each of them is playing a role and confident to play that role because of, of um, how carry Price is playing in net. They know that they have the freedom to, to take some chances uh, because whatever mistakes they make, whatever fires they create, Carey Price is going to put them, um, put them out. Um, and he's been um, absolutely sensational and, and certainly uh, he was the one that... Was credited uh, by the Leafs players, and again last night by uh, both the head coach and players on the Jets that um, he's playing at a, an elite level, an unreal level. Um, he's the top goaltender in the playoffs. That's clear. Um, has the top save percentage, and uh, you know, it has been recognized as such by uh, by both uh, of the uh, vanquished opponents.
1: Well. You know, as as much as uh, some fans and and goodness, plenty of uh, the media in Montreal are trying very very hard to say that Carey Price didn't have a lot of work to do in this series or in last night's uh, elimination game, and so want to give the majority of the credit to the team in front of him. And I'm not denying that the team in front of him had to put up some defense and they had to put the puck in the back of the net. That's the only way that they can win. But the only reason that they had the opportunities to do that, we talked about this at the end of the Leaf series, was because Carey Price gave them the opportunity to do so. Um, Carey Price was making saves that a lot of other goaltenders wouldn't be. Carey Price was doing doing things and playing with such calm confidence as he's wont to do um, that it made it, Easier for the team in front of him to just focus on their jobs, not think about also trying to help out their goaltender um, more than they normally would, um, and because of that, you see Kakunemi playing tremendously in this playoff, uh, in in this playoff run. You see Arturi Leikkanen playing the way we all know at least those of us who have always supported Arturi Lekanen, the way that we know he can play when he has confidence. We see Cole Caulfield, although he's still not on the scoreboard, he has been pivotal in certain moments in this series. Quite frankly, you know, obviously his assist on Tyler Toffoli's series clinching goal last night. Um, And we saw uh, uh, Alexander Romanoff finally draw into the lineup last night with Jeff Petrie going out with injury. And Romanoff uh, took some hits to make some plays. He was defensively responsible, uh, didn't see a whole lot of errors. You saw a guy looking strong and uh, despite having not played for 10 games, looking confident. Why am I selecting those four individuals? Because those four individuals, whether it was for one game or in Romanov's Romanov's case, 10 games, all four of them began this postseason in the press box. And each one of them, after finally getting the green light from Ducharme to come into the lineup, has proven that they should have never been in the press box to begin with. Um, I think that's a very loud and distinctly clear message from all four of these players that um, there there needed to be, and the only one I can, uh, the only one I will hedge there is Cole Caulfield. I agreed, and Rick, we talked about this. I agreed with Ducharme holding Caulfield out for the first few games of the playoffs. Um, It wasn't the right situation to throw such a young rookie right into the fire. That's the only one that I agree with waiting on. Uh, not the other three um, and so they've really kind of put the spotlight on themselves to say hey maybe you shouldn't bench me again and I'm 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 here for it I I, I love that they're just proving that they shouldn't be a scratch again
2: and the the coach didn't show um, good judgment he didn't show confidence in his players didn't show trust in them uh, but they came out and and uh and proved otherwise and, and um, yeah, absolutely. It, it was, uh, you know, how silly is uh, with the important goals uh, that Kakanyemi scored, how silly mm-hmm. was it for uh, him to be scratched? Um, lekanen has been. Well, Le- Lackinen, um as well, uh, just uh, seamlessly stepped in um, to that, ro- that role that Jake Evans had been um, um Performing very well um, until his his injury and and the relentless forecheck um, by uh, Arturi Laken, and he was just on the uh, Winnipeg defenseman and, and they couldn't breathe. Um, but that that's not all. Uh, he was able to score uh, two important goals and mm-hmm. and how he he uh, fought for position uh last night uh and then managed to maneuver his stick into a position to to tip the puck um just great handwork and uh all the credit to
1: uh
2: Arturi Lekin in there
1: and uh you know for Romanov's first I was very nervous for Romanov um like I said benched for 10 games after playing the full season uh we saw what happened when he was benched um after a strong start to the season uh, just to make room for Victor Mete to draw into the lineup because of that whole PR debacle with his agent. Um, and when when Romanoff returned to the lineup after that, he did not look like the same defenseman anymore. It looked like his confidence uh, was shaken. And so... Would that happen again? Would he overcompensate? Would he try to do too much? Would he make uh, unforced errors? Would you know what would happen? And and Rick, I think Alexander. Sure, he's still young. He's he's not Shea Weber, um, and I'm not just talking about the size difference. He's he's not got the experience that someone like Shea Weber does, or or uh, you know any of the older defensemen on the blue line. But he certainly did not look out of place, and he certainly wasn't making egregious errors.
2: And the Winnipeg Jets, as as you think uh, they might do for a player that's been up in the press box for ten games, they targeted him. Uh, that they were going to be physical with uh, Alexander Romanov, and and he he took the hits, as you mm-hmm. said, took hits to make plays. Um, he delivered hits. Um, he wasn't um, you know having sat out. He wasn't timid or shy, or uh, he was very poised um and he might have been uh a little bit uh eager and and you know in warmups he, he's he always has energy but even more so mm-hmm. uh last night making his playoff debut and and even for his first shift he was uh standing up at the bench he was he was he was, <laughs> he was ready to get on the ice and and uh didn't get a, a a whole lot of ice time uh but uh the the ice time uh, he did get um, that he was very effective when he was out there.
1: Uh, I have to say too i'm I'm impressed with what the fourth line is doing. Uh, I'm glad to see guys like Corey Perry, ul Almernia, uh, even Eric Stahl. I'm glad to see that that playoff experience is obviously taking over from what was a, a bit of a lackluster performance from at least from stall and, and Perry in the regular season. Um, I'm glad to see that they're, they're taking control of, of setting, setting the tempo, setting the pace, setting the example. Um, Suzuki and Caulfield together have been outstanding. Um, really like the way that they feed off of one another. Um, and the only other thing that I will say this is where I will hedge my bet and I in our in our team Slack last night I said forgive me Amy the cynic is going to come in and and rain on everybody's parade because Eric Gustafson scored a goal last night. And then Eric Gustafson had a couple of you know hit the crossbar, had a couple of good looks, uh, was making some plays and suddenly you could see everyone on social media including the media, oh wow, I really oh look at Gustafson. Oh, it looks and I said I sent Rick a message, and I said they're all falling for the Gustafson trap. <laughs> That's this, a great word. Do not fall for the Gustafson trap, Eric Gustafson. And because remember, let's let's go back to April 12th when the trade was made, and I detailed why this was not a smart trade for Mark Bergerman to make. And I said when Eric Gustafson started the season this year with the Flyers. The Flyers were hoping he was the same Eric Gustafson that had a ridiculous season for the Chicago Blackhawks. When Eric Gustafson started the season, he comes out in the first game. He's lightning on the power play, gets on the board. Second game, lights up the power play again. I think he had an assist in the second game on the power play. And it's, okay, here we go. Power play, specialist, uh, you know, puck moving uh, producing defensemen great and then he fell off the face of the earth and then began the rotation of sitting out for a few games then drawing back in and having some flashes of some good play and so that's the Gustafson trap he does something in one game that looks tremendous and you get hopeful, and you say, "Oh, oh, oh, okay, did he find his game again?" And you want to give him more responsibility. You want to, you want to, you want to give him the room to to build on that. And I'm not saying that he's going to fail. I'm just saying continue to hedge your bets, continue to practice caution when it comes to Eric Gustafson because this season uh, his his pattern has been to have these moments of greatness, and then the next game have four major turnovers and three of them end up end in the back of your own net. Um, So I'm, I'm pleased to see that he made some progress last night because I've been a a big critic of him continuing to be in the lineup, particularly when Romanoff was in the press box. Um, We will see what happens in the next game, whenever that's going to be. Uh, if he continues and builds on that, and if he does, that's fantastic. I, I would love to see Eric Gustafson get into a get into a real rhythm and and actually play good hockey like he can. Um, but, but
2: that but that power play goal last night seems to have erased from everybody's memory the fact that on the power play, an egregious turnover. He was the cause of mm-hmm. a, a shorthanded goal uh, by Lowry, I believe, um, in Game Three for, for the Jets. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, he's, he's, he's given, he's allowed one. He's facilitated one. He facilitated one for the the Jets and, and he uh, got his own back on, uh, in game four. Um, he's playing about 10 minutes, uh, a game, uh, sometimes less and it's shelter, shelter, shelter. Uh, Mm -hmm. the third pairing doesn't ever play together or rarely so. Um, it's Gustafson with with Weber, Gustafson with Edmondson, Gustafson with Chirot, uh, and um, being very protected in because they don't trust him out there uh, to to hold his own uh, without a, a defenseman who can cover for him.
1: So remember, it's the Gustafson trap. Gus Bus giveth, Gusbus taketh away. Believe me. <laughs> All right. Um, and yes, that uh, that uh, nickname, that's a little stick tap to our dear friend Kathy, who remembered quite eloquently last night that that was a favorite uh, nickname for him in Philly was the Gus bus. So take that as you will. <laughs> uh, so we wait now. Uh, I think everyone I mean, the Colorado Vegas uh, second round series has already been electric enough Um it's been fantastic hockey, it's been exciting hockey, and my goodness, the fan presence in those buildings has just been blow-the-roof-off uh, out there. Um, now it's going to get more exciting because every Habs fan is going to seriously sit down and watch the rest of that series to find out who the Habs are going to face. And when we said after the after they eliminated the, the Leafs, okay, well, the Winnipeg Jets are going to be a whole new beast uh, for the Habs to take on, uh, Rick, this time like magnify that by a thousand, whether they face the golden Knights or they face the avalanche. It is a tall task waiting for them in, in, in the semifinals.
2: Well, this the matchup between the Jets and the Canadians was a matchup that Coach Paul Maurice was concerned about um, because they don't match up well against the style. Uh, they, they match up uh, perfectly, obviously, with Edmonton. They were well welcoming uh, a matchup with Toronto, but they don't um, they, they 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 don't have the puck moving defenseman uh, on, uh, the jets that can, can, they, they were pressured, uh, they were hemmed in, um, all, you know, throughout the series. Um, and, and those aren't the same characteristics of, of, a, of a Vegas or a Colorado. Um, so it's whatever the Canadians were able to do, they're going to have to work even harder. They're going to have to have, um, uh, you know, in their own end, they're they're uh, they've been relying primarily on four defensemen now. Uh, Jeff Petrie's not 100%. Uh, so it's going to it's going to be um, ramped up that much more uh, in the um, in the level of difficulty uh, facing either uh, Vegas or Colorado.
1: And while the Habs have been feeding off of their 2500 uh, home home. Ice uh, fan advantage; uh, it will pale in comparison to what is going to greet them uh, in whichever arena, particularly if it's Vegas. But whichever arena they end up visiting in the states, um, it's uh, it's going to be a major factor for for whoever they're facing. Um. So keep in mind. Uh, be sure you're following along at all Habs. That is the. Our our main Twitter account for Montreal Canadiens. Uh, that's Rick's Twitter account uh, at All Habs on Twitter. Make sure you're following there. Uh, we will have out later tonight our colleague Ben Dankew will have his latest fan reaction video coming out on our YouTube channel. Uh, that's at you, YouTube slash All Habs. Uh, make sure you're subscribed there. Uh, he will have his latest reaction video reacting uh, to last night's sweep of the Winnipeg Jets and advancement. For the Habs to the third round, um, so lots of great content coming for you this week. Of course, Rick and Joe will be joining you on Saturday for this week's episode of the Canadians Connection. Uh, by then, we may have a we may have a more clear picture of who the who the uh, Habs opponent is going to be, and they'll be sure to break down. Everything that's happened this week and get you all set up for next week's uh, episode with their prog, uh, next week's series uh, with their episode this coming Saturday. So you don't want to miss that either. Uh, Just moving on to briefly some other Habs-related news. Um, We know that we are going to have some ECHL news for you when we reconvene here again next week on the Press Zone, uh, because the Trois-Rivières ECHL franchise has announced that they are having their official launch this Thursday. Uh, That would be June the 10th. Uh, That is when they will be unveiling what the team's name and logo and branding package and so so forth is going to be it's very exciting so be sure you're following at the aHL report on Twitter we'll have you updates for you there and of course we'll uh, loop you in on all of that on next week's show as well very exciting uh, and we are already in touch with uh, the media folks over at the toile Riviere Uh franchise and uh we're we've got some interviews in the works uh and things coming your way as well so lots of great uh great stuff coming for our coverage of the Habs new ECHL affiliate. Um and Rick last but not least before we before we take a quick break um want to give uh some a little bit of a shout out and some credit to uh Habs prospect who uh did uh, pretty well for himself this year Sean Farrell. Uh, playing um, playing in the USHL has been named the USHL Player of the year pretty incredible
2: and that seems appropriate given that he did things that uh, haven't been done very often <laughs> right. in the USHL um, a tremendous season uh, in fifty three games he had a hundred and one points uh, on twenty 29- nine goal, 72 assists. Uh, We remember that uh, Sean was taken in the fourth round, 124th overall, the 2020 NHL entry draft, a little bit undersized at 5'9", 174. Um, This past season, he was supposed to be playing uh, for Harvard um, and NCAA, but uh, with COVID, uh, stayed with uh, Chicago Steel and uh, had a tremendous season.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Becomes just the second player in USHL history to reach a 100 point mark in a season. Um, And at one point this year, from November 25th to February 11th, he had a 24 game point streak with at least one point in each game, at least. Um, Really tremendous season for him. We will see now, you know, the jump to NCAA next year is going to be a big adjustment for him. So, um expect some of that production to probably come down and even out a little bit Um, but it'll be exciting to see uh, how much of this momentum he's able to carry forward as he begins his NCAA career and we'll be sure to keep an eye on him uh, while he's playing for Harvard
2: Uh, we should say that uh, he he was great in the playoffs too and helped propel the Chicago Steel to a uh, Clark Cup uh, championship
1: Mm -hmm. That that is true, congratulations to them um okay that is uh that is our montreal Canadiens based news but we're going to take a quick break when we come back on the other side oh my goodness do we have so much ahl news to tell you about and catch you up on lots of things happening award winners new coaches uh new franchises popping up new divisions getting announced you name it we've got it all here for you at the press zone so don't go anywhere we'll be back right after this
0: The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build
1: a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained,
0: and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report.
1: Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report. And watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and All American Hockey League news. passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team,
0: visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today.
1: And welcome back to the Press Zone, right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Uh, be sure you're following us on Twitter at the AHL Report, or follow the podcast at the Press Zone. Uh, and once again, I'm your host Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host Rick Stevens. We're glad you're here with us today. Uh, you can also find us both on Twitter. I'm at Flyers Rule, and uh, Rick is at. All Habs, um, and in this segment we've got lots of AHL news to cover, uh, so we won't uh, we won't waste a minute in getting to it. First up, uh, believe it or not, the first coach hiring for the American Hockey League has already taken place. The Lehigh Valley Phantoms, uh, as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, uh, Scott Gordon uh, apparently coming to a mutual decision with the Flyers organization to end his contract a year early. uh, And that left a hole in. at the AHL level in the Flyers organization. And so it has been announced that uh, former assistant coach for the Philadelphia Flyers, Ian LaPerriere uh, will now take over as the bench boss for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. This is his first head coach uh, position that he's held after, excuse me, after retirement, um, he has spent the last 8 seasons as the assistant coach with the flyers uh he was the only one to survive uh the new regime of elaine Vigneault coming in and and bringing in his uh assistance as well. But Ian LaPerriere did make it through that transition and he stayed on with AV uh, for this past year. Uh, Before that, he was uh, spent a, spent a season as the team's director of player development. Um, And so this is his first head coaching position. Um, Chuck Fletcher and LaPerriere both spoke to the media yesterday. Uh, Le Perrier is looking to be kind of uh, an energy guy. He really uh, enjoys working with young players, and so he's very excited about this. In fact, if you want to hear some extensive audio from LaPerriere and Chuck Fletcher uh, related to this news, uh, they were both uh, have, they both held a, a virtual press conference yesterday in Allentown uh, for Le Perrier's first day on the job. Uh our team was on that call. And uh, so if you head over to our Press Zone Philadelphia edition, an episode for this week, uh, same place, just go to at the Press Zone or uh, thepresszone.fm and just look for the Philadelphia version of this show for this week. Uh, we spend a, a good portion of the first segment uh, listening to some of the audio clips from that press conference yesterday with with uh, LaPerriere and Fletcher. Um, and Rick, I think uh, I think this is a I actually think this is a decent um, move for the Flyers. There are plenty who, you know, the Flyers are known <laughs> to promote from within or to hire former players or former staff. Uh, they, they keep things within the organization pretty well. And there's some who complain that they do that a bit too much, a, a bit to their own detriment. But um I, I think Le Perrier has a good attitude, and I, it, I'll be curious to see uh, how he runs the ship here for the first season or two.
2: Very positive uh, kind of guy. And, and I think uh, a much beloved, um, iconic kind of character in... Mm-hmm. In Philadelphia and uh, the fans have have really gravitated to him once he you know he played with Los Angeles played with um, wore a letter in both LA and, and Colorado uh, and then finished his his career in Philadelphia um, He's a Montreal native and and certainly played his junior uh, hockey in the queue for Drummondville um, I was curious though about his uh, he's going to be going in a head coach. Uh, in the AHL, and I was curious about his own uh, time in the AHL. Turns out,
1: doesn't have any.
2: He played three games in the <laughs> AHL. Um, remarkably, a uh, point a game. He has a point a game. There you go. He has three points, uh, two goals, and an assist in three games. And uh, twenty-two penalty minutes. I don't know where he had time to score the the two goals. <laughs> uh, twenty-two penalty minutes in those uh, three games. So um, uh, he'll he'll uh, he'll use that limited experience in the AHL. But but more so, his uh, you mentioned he was. Uh, a part of the player development crew uh, with Philadelphia. And, and he's getting back to a player development role uh, now as head coach of the uh, Phantoms.
1: Absolutely. He did. Most of his playing career was spent in the NHL. Uh, like you said, he has just a teeny bit of experience in the AHL. Uh, he actually played in the IHL for a season or two um, or parts of two seasons uh, back when the IHL was still a thing. Uh, so um that's also part of the reason why he doesn't have as much uh, AHL experience as well so um and he's he readily admits that if you go and listen to the audio as I mentioned uh, he talks about the fact that he's got some learning to do about the AHL he knows um you know he knows what it is to, to watch teams at the AHL level and and watching prospects and so forth but he he readily admits that uh, this will all this summer will be a learning process for him to get uh, acclimated and familiar with the American Hockey League, and so um, I think it, it's going to be an interesting season ahead. And I and I wish Laparee the best of luck. We look forward to working with him. So the AHL has put out another. Uh, there's been four more season award winners announced. We'll start with the baz Bastian memorial award um, which is the outstanding goaltender for the 2020-21 season and uh, this kind of doesn't come as a surprise it is logan thompson from the henderson silver knights um, he was the he was named to the ahl all rookie team and the pacific division all-star team this year um, made 23 appearances for the silver knights uh, and his record was 16-6-1 six uh, with a first in the league, 943 save percentage, and a second in the league, 196 goals against. Um, I'd say that's pretty impressive, Rick.
2: He's been terrific. <laughs> and uh, again, one of those guys that doesn't have necessarily a a linear path to his his pro, to, pro career. He's 24 years old, never drafted, uh, played his junior in, in Brandon, uh, then he played a bit in, in U-sports uh, for Brock and, and ECHL. Uh, he he pl- had some games there, uh, but really had his coming out this, uh, this season and um, was uh, an integral part of the Silver Knights' success.
1: If we move on to the Eddie Shore Award, which is the AHL's outstanding defenseman for the year, you don't have to go very far from the team that uh, he came from, because Ryan Murphy of the Henderson Silver Knights is this year's winner of the Eddie Shore Award. Uh, He led all AHL defensemen in scoring this year with five goals and 22 assists in 37 games, Um, and he had 14 power play points, which were tied for second in the entire league uh, and 78 shots on goal was uh, tied for first among all defensemen uh, in the league. And he was also named the Pacific division all-star team last week. Uh, Rick, really uh, some pretty solid things coming out of Henderson and uh, Ryan Murphy certainly deserving of the Eddie shore award.
2: Ryan Murphy was uh, drafted and, and was drafted uh, a first round pick 12th overall by uh, Carolina I uh, played his junior in the Kitchener Rangers, uh, so I know him a little bit, um, <laughs> and uh, has um, a, a lot of experience in the AHL, particularly with the Charlotte Checkers, and, and uh, now finding himself um, with uh, the, the Silver Knights.
1: Moving on to the Dudley Red Garrett Memorial Award. That's the AHL's outstanding rookie for the year. Uh, You'll find him wearing green. Uh, Texas Stars forward Riley Damiani has been voted the winner of the Garrett, uh, the Red Garrett Memorial Award. Uh, He was named to the AHL All-Rookie Team and the Central Division All-Star Team for the year. He led all AHL rookies in scoring and tied for third in the overall scoring race with 36 points. That's 11 goals and 25 assists in just 36 games for Texas. Um, He was the Rookie of the Month for March after Scoring 15 points in 10 games, uh, including a streak of five consecutive multiple point outings, uh, and finished off his rookie season with an eight game scoring streak. Rick, uh, I think we're going to hear that name a little more often coming up in the next season.
2: <laughs> For sure. Um, Demiani also has a Kitchener connection. Uh, he was uh, the, the captain of the Kitchener Rangers. We saw him get drafted uh, in Dallas. Uh, He was drafted by the Dallas Stars in Dallas, uh, fifth round, 137th overall.
1: And last but not least for the award announcements for today is the Les Cunningham Award. And that is the AHL MVP for this season. And that is TJ Tynan forward for the Colorado Eagles 35 points in 27 games uh had a 1.3 points per game average ranking first among all AHL skaters who played at least half of their team's games this year uh he finished second in the league for assists with 27 that's his third straight top three finish in that category um had assists in eight straight games from March 12th to April 11th, and then another nine straight from April 14th to May 9th, two longest streaks in the league this season. Uh, he was the team captain for the Eagles, and uh, also had a goal and two assists in two postseason games for Colorado. Uh, this it's just been an incredible year for TJ Tynan, um, and and Rick certainly deserving of the MVP. And what I also think is interesting. Uh, f- especially for people who might, more of the listeners who are who are listening to this show, take notice that all of these award winners that you're hearing this year, they are all Western Conference. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good point, point. and uh, of course uh, they were the. Uh, you mentioned the postseason points. Uh, the Pacific Division was uh, the only one who had any kind of postseason play, but uh, an impressive season for TJ A. Tynan uh, at well above a point per game pace.
1: Absolutely. Now, last week, uh, we were... uh Honored to have Patrick uh, Williams join us on the show again for kind of the AHL season wrap-up. Hey, if you missed that, it was a really good interview, exclusive interview. We covered a lot of ground with Patrick, uh, so be sure you go back in the archive and, and listen to last week's show if you did miss it. Um, but one of the players, Rick, that you had asked Patrick about, uh, who had uh, been significantly um, a part of the the Pacific Division postseason uh, for the Condor for the Bakersfield Condors, was at Adam Cracknell, uh, a former Laval Rocket player, Um, and uh, turns out pretty much the next day after the show, I mean, the Condors wasted no time. They, you know, we talked with Patrick about what a what a value he was uh, when he played with Laval. Patrick. Then told us how his value has increased as he's gone out to the West Coast, uh, and how and how much he is respected um, for what he does at his age in the game. Uh, the Condors obviously know what they have in Adam Cracknell as well because they've signed him to a new uh, contract just two days after the season ended. So uh, that will be his 16th professional hockey season when he takes the ice with the Condors this fall. And I think it's pretty tremendous to see Adam Cracknell uh, with a new contract already.
2: Uh, at at his at his stage of the career, um, you know, he brings leadership in the locker room, but he also uh, can do it on the ice and and uh, leads his his team by example. Uh, Ten points in just six games in in the playoffs. Um, we know that the Laval Rocket went out and and got him precisely for his ability to to. Um, provide that leadership uh then Sylvain lefebvre when he was with the san diego gulls or is still but they brought him there and then uh, cracknell went on to uh, uh bakersfield and has done the same in every stop he's he's made and mm-hmm. uh so as you said we 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 talked about him uh extensively last week and uh and uh, not a surprise that the condors uh, signed him so quickly
1: Things are certainly changing around the AHL. Uh, and this coming season, of course, we're hoping things will be uh, a little back to normal once we get to the fall of whatever the new quote unquote normal is going to be as far as hockey is concerned. Uh, but the following season, it's going to be there's going to be some new things yet again. And uh, construction will now begin on a new two hundred fifty million dollar, three hundred thousand square foot arena. Uh in Coachella Valley uh, near Palm Springs, and that will be the home in 2022-23 for the Seattle Kraken's AHL affiliate. Um, It's been a couple of years of waiting, but they did hold their official groundbreaking ceremony this past week, so it means that things are officially underway, uh, and this upcoming season will be the last one that we don't see that uh, that just the, the 31 teams, there should be 32 teams, uh, in, in the league, uh, coming up in, uh, 2022. So Rick, uh, pretty, pretty exciting. Seattle Kraken are, are moving right along and it looks like the arena is under going to be underway soon.
2: There was a few delays and, and a few changes of, uh, location, let's say. Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, yes, the ground has been broken, um, in Palm Springs for, a. Uh, a 9,900 seat uh, arena, um, and Tim Lewicki was there to, at the groundbreaking to make the announcements. Um, Tim Lewicki, where did I, where do I remember that name from? Oh,
1: here we go. <laughs> Don't you start again. Oh, I won't, I shouldn't start.
2: <laughs> you remember his daughter, Francesca? Uh
1: huh. Oh, oh, yes, Francesca. Right. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh.
2: She's, uh huh. She's the VP for his company. <laughs> Tim, formerly with MLSC, his brother, Todd, with the Kraken um and Francesca's husband uh Troy Brody uh Bodie um mm-hmm. now uh, the Kraken's director of hockey yeah. and business ops remember all that yes all the agree- connections
1: all the connections uh-huh. they're going to do a wonderful job leave them alone <laughs> um no it's all hockey it's it's all about the connections in hockey and it is and and hockey believe it or not No matter the league, hockey is a very small world. So uh, (laughs) you see names pop up and you always say, where do I know that name? I know that name from somewhere. That's right. And there's always a place. Uh, the last bit of big news for the AHL, uh, the business, the annual business meetings are underway. And uh, this week, the uh, AHL Board of Governors and President Scott House and made an announcement uh, that the Board of Governors has approved what they're calling a Schedule Unification Plan. Uh, what does that mean? Well, it means that that season that the Kraken's AHL affiliate enters the league to make it a 32-team league uh, in the fall of 2022 – all teams across the league will play a 72-game regular season. Yes, let me repeat that. 72, te- 72 games for every team in the league, West Coast, East Coast, no matter the division, it means points percentage starting in 22-23 is gone as far as determining standings. We will we'll be able to see the American Hockey League go with a straightforward um, points standing. Standings, uh, instead of points percentage. Um, and, uh, this is, you know, it's some teams we know in the past, uh, the, what the California teams typically play less, uh, games per season because of geographical distance to travel and so on and so forth. While the, you know, the rest of the league is playing 76 games, um, it does mean that with all of the owners coming to the decision to to go to 72 games, it means that some are sacrificing uh, playing a couple of home games, which which does make a financial impact for, for AHL teams. Um, so how do we get there? Well, there, that means there's going to be some changes coming this coming season. Um, the Pacific Division will still just play their 68 games and, and points percentage. Rick, I know you'll just be so happy to hear this. The points percentage will still be in play for this coming season. However, uh, the teams in the Atlantic, the North, and the Central divisions were given the option of either playing the full seventy-six, or they could choose to start playing seventy-two games. Depend, and that was a team-by-team decision. Um, and interestingly enough, Rick, um, it's kind of like a split. Uh, Laval is going to play seventy-two games. Uh, however, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms are going to play seventy-six. In fact. In fact, the phantoms in the Atlantic Division. Half of the Atlantic Division is playing 76 games. Half of them are playing 72 games. So it's um, it's going to be a little interesting this year, I think.
2: <laughs> so the the classic compromise. You come down a little. You come up a bit, and uh, they they saw it off at at 72 games. Not this upcoming season, but. Uh, the season after that, everybody will be playing the, the same, and it's not only for um, the overall team standings. It's it's um, you know for 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 individual player uh, records and and uh, standings and and scoring and and all of it. It just makes so much more sense. It makes the the league feel more unified, and that's why they've called it as such.
1: Absolutely. Um, they also announced the division lineups for this coming season. Um, Everything is pretty standard. Keep in mind, Binghamton unfortunately is no longer in the league as of this coming season. Um, Utica changes affiliation to be affiliated with the New Jersey Devils and Abbotsford comes back into the league. So there's a little bit of, of shuffling, but the Atlantic division is, For where the Lehigh Valley Phantoms reside, uh, that'll be the Bridgeport Islanders, not the Sound Tigers anymore. The Charlotte Checkers, the Hartford Wolfpack, Hershey, Lehigh Valley, Providence, Springfield, and Wilkes-Barre. For the Laval Rocket, the North Division will now look like Belleville, Syracuse, Toronto, Laval, Utica Comets, the New Jersey Devils version, uh, Rochester, and Cleveland uh, in the North Division As well, so um, can you believe? Like we're already talking about next season. Like these are things that are actually happening that are going to happen for next season. Uh, It's pretty exciting. And
2: uh, and if you're counting in your head, that means that the the Atlantic, the division with Lehigh Valley Phantoms, has eight teams. Mm -hmm. Uh, The North division uh, contains uh, Laval Rocket, has seven. Central has seven. Pacific has nine, and they're expecting another. So. Um, there will be, the be a new realignment. Yeah. There will be a new, I think a new realignment, uh, the following
1: year. I think so too. Uh, so this may be, there, there could be a, a quite a shakeup, um, for, for that 2022 season. Um, well, it'll be very interesting to see how the divisional lines are drawn. There's no way they're going to want 10, 10 teams in the Pacific. Um, that's, that's a lot for a division. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting. Uh, one last thing, I just want to make mention of. Um, you know, we we rely on Rick for so many things here mm-hmm. at Rocket Sports Media. We really do. Uh, the things that he does behind the scenes, I, I mean, he does the work of of ten different people. Right. Um, and last week on the show, you you made a you know you made a very very firm affirmation to it us. It was bold. It was bold. Uh, we were talking about the World Championships happening in Latvia, and uh, you said—
2: Well, there's so much hockey going on at this time of the year that, that I just wanted to be able to, you know, um, update my colleagues, because uh, not everybody had a chance to to keep an eye on the World Championships.
1: That's right. Uh, and so you very, very, very firmly uh, made Declared. it clear Yeah,
2: that, that Team at, Canada would win the gold medal.
1: No, that's not what you said.
2: Without a doubt, uh, Team Canada would be winning the gold
1: medal. Stop fibbing. We do have, we do have last week's podcast. Oh, do you want to play on it? record? Uh, do you do have, you have it? the clip? Do you have? I was actually going to pull the clip, but <laughs> really? I didn't have time. Uh, you very emphatically uh, after after unceremoniously having their botoxes kicked by uh, Latvia. And I think Kazakhstan, maybe
2: they lost three, the their, their first three games,
1: uh, you, you firmly said on last week's show, well, if there's one thing that we know, it's that Canada will not be winning the gold medal at the world championships this uh-huh. year. Is there anything you'd I like I didn't to say, say today? this year, did I? You did. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to say today? To your countrymen?
2: I I I just I would say that I'm glad that they 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 took the challenge that I gave them
0: oh, and okay. rose
2: up so that we could all be uh, delighted to hear the anthem played
1: in probably the stunner of if if you were watching the world championships in the stunner Canada after the one of the worst openings to the tournament I, Canada could have ever had nightmares about experiencing. They scratch and claw their way back. Kudos to the, te- to the guys on that team for getting the opportunity. Kudos to Gerard Gallant for getting them together. His stock uh, for interviews just went through the roof. Uh, and they come back and they beat Finland in the gold medal game to win gold.
2: It's funny because there's a guy that um, I follow on Twitter that uh, is is a Russian correspondent, follows uh, the Russian prospects, tweets in English. And and, uh, prior to the uh, Russian-Canada game, he said, boy, I'm looking at these rosters and uh, this will be no contest whatsoever. (laughs) Uh, Team Russia will mop the floor with Canada. And he said, but uh, the only caveat is that that Russia usually finds ways to screw things up, and uh, and Canada won that game. That's right. Canada won the U.S. Uh, game against the U.S. and then beat Finland um, in the for the gold medal.
1: They did. Congratulations. The U.S. Uh, coming home with bronze. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, they beat Germany six one in the bronze medal game, and I I must say that that's not an indication of of Germany not being up to the task. I think they, I think Germany left everything on the ice in the semifinal the day before. Uh, They battled with Finland. It came down to our, uh, for our Montreal Canadiens listeners, Marcus Eisenschmid playing for team team Germany had the goal tie, a game tying in the last minute game tying puck practically on his stick. And it didn't go in. uh, And then, There was a terrible penalty, and it was just—it was—it was was all around bad. I think Germany left everything out on the ice uh, in that game; didn't have anything to give the U.S. The U.S. was determined to uh, to come home with a medal, and so Canada comes home with gold. Uh, Finland wins the silver. Finland was the defending champion, uh, and the U.S. comes home with bronze. So,
2: credit to all the players uh, from all the teams who took time uh, in a. In a pandemic situation, to go there and play, we know well for Team Canada, we know there was a lot of players who said no, mm-hmm. um, and so that's why they ended up with the the ragtag roster that they did. Uh, but uh, like I say, credit to to everyone who participated in in the tournament, and particularly those who uh, brought home a medal.
1: And and because of that uniqueness, guys, I think got I think. Part of the reason why it was so exciting for them to win it was because guys got to play who normally wouldn't because the roster spots would have been normally filled in a non-pandemic year, year with more, uh, more of the, the players that you would expect to see on the roster. Um, it also was great experience for guys like Owen Power. Uh, Jacob Bernard Docker um, you know guys that you're going to be hearing a lot more names from uh, it was a very good experience for them to go over and to be able to face that adversity be down like that in the tournament and come back and win the gold so uh, I echo Rick's statements congratulations to everyone for pulling it off Uh, it was it was entertaining lots of upsets um, uh, pretty pretty fun to watch Um, it's always fun to wake up on the weekend and there's hockey on it you know nine o'clock in the morning it's always it's always a bonus when when, it's, uh, mm-hmm. when the tournaments are happening in Europe, in Europe. Uh, that is it for us for this week Um, enjoy the playoffs Uh, second round is really heating up as we see the Canadians have already uh, sealed their uh, sealed their ticket to the semifinals they're waiting to find out who they're going to play but the rest of the series are still going strong lots of exciting hockey Uh, we thank you so much for listening be sure you are subscribed to the podcast we'll have another great show for you next week we've got some great interviews coming up uh, that you don't want to miss out on and uh That's it for us, really. Uh, Stay safe, uh, stay cool, and uh, enjoy playoff hockey. We'll see you back here again next week for another great episode of The Press Zone right here on Rocket
0: Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.